0: Hope you're having a fabulous Saturday. This is Al-Fadi, and if you're tuning in, you are listening to Let Us Reason, and we are so thankful for you to make the time for us and to always uh, partner with us, whether in prayer or, uh, as some of you, also in giving. Uh, It is because of your uh, faithful uh, support and faithful giving that we remain on the air for uh, almost... uh, you know, uh, we're concluding the sixth year now, so we have probably another two months, give or take, before we finish our sixth year and we venture into our seventh year, Lord willing. And uh, because of that, I, I always like to uh, uh, just, you know, mention to you the impact that uh, these shows are doing Uh, We receive a lot of feedback from people who have been listening to it, whether locally, nationally, or even globally, believe it or not. Those who have access to iTunes and other platforms, uh, SoundClouds, and so on and so forth, uh, have been uh, listening to these podcasts. In fact, I'm taking some of the ideas from these podcasts and I'm doing even short videos uh, so that uh, people who have no access to the podcast itself for whatever reason they're still able to benefit from the topics that we are sharing. With that says, uh, in the last, uh, you know, uh, show or two, we've been talking about the Christian response to crisis and I've been using COVID, of course, 19 uh, since it's timely as an example of such crisis. And, of course, um, it's even a global crisis, if you wish. And it is during these times that uh, our uh, Christian attitude or Christ-like behavior and character is expected to shine according to the Word of God. So today will be no different. Uh, You know, we'll keep adding more uh, to the list of things that we have covered in the last, at least, uh, like I said, show or two. One of the ways that uh, we as Christians... Can react to crises is by giving, believe it or not. And uh, the scripture says in First John three seventeen, the Apostle John wrote the following. He says, "If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no p- pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person?" And obviously, the context of First John has to do with loving one another. It's a letter written to the church. It is a letter that gives the characteristics of those who are believers. It highlights the love of God to us and how that should shine through our relationships with others and how we ought also uh, to uh, uh, inspect and search, by the power of the Spirit, uh, false teachings within the church itself. But uh, one of those teachings that are found in that letter is... Compassion towards other believers, and in fact, you know, uh, or uh, I would say, uh, you know, believers, just like the rest of the world, will be impacted by crisis. And uh, God, for whatever reason, according to His wisdom and uh, His uh, His free will, uh, does, uh, or His will, I should say, His divine will, does allow some to suffer more than others. And uh, for various reasons, as part of the trials that we go through, but also blesses some more than others. Uh, also, um, uh, you know, for um, you know purposes that are according to His will, it is through these crises that we are to turn our attention to those who are in need, especially uh, who are members of the church, members of the body, maybe. Uh, uh, those who lost a job, those who are suffering through illness, through death, um, maybe missionaries. Um, As you know, uh, I'm one of those missionaries that our income gets impacted by these economical uh, downturns. Uh, So the scripture is very clear. I mean, it's not giving you an amount, but it's saying that we have to have compassion for one another. And me too, as a missionary, I ought to have also the same attitude towards others. I'm not saying I'm immune or I'm a you know, somehow exempt from that. It applies to all of us one way or another. So this is the kind of things that we have to keep in check. It is because of those actions and behaviors that not only the life of those that are touched by our giving and our compassion will be uh, strengthened and impacted uh, in a huge way. It is also a message to those who are around us, especially those who are non-believers, to see what Christ has taught us and how the body of Christ work together in unison. And that's, of course, extremely important. If we lack doing something like this, if we unfortunately do not in any way, shape, or form have compassion towards those who are in need, especially from the body, then the question that was posed before us in the scripture, how can the love of God be in that person? And indeed, it is a powerful question. No one can go around saying, I have the love of God in me. I am a follower of Christ. God loved me first, and that's why I love everyone else. Or I am commanded to love my other believers, love one another, or love my neighbor as uh, myself, or love my enemy, if your actions do not represent this. In fact, it is more powerful Uh, to shine when you are dealing with those who are members of the body. Just think about it. If you are in a family, would you expect basically uh, your parents or your siblings to ignore your need if you're living with them? inside the house or to at least uh, counsel you help you stand by you and even if you cause yourself this harm at least be there for you one way or another imagine if they all ignore you how what kind of a love is that you know what kind of a relationship is that and we are no different we're members of the same household god's household christ household the uh, heavenly family so it is even more important for us to be able to stand with one another. So that's one of the probably ways that that we can respond to a crisis. And I would argue that maybe some of you didn't even think that something like this could be a way to respond to crisis. I'm not saying that you do it intentionally, but sometimes we overlook things like this because we're overwhelmed with the crisis itself. Now, here is another perspective on how to respond to crisis. The fact that we ought to remain connected to the body, connected to the church. Isolating yourself, by the way, from the body of Christ, from the church, is a very dangerous endeavor. It is when you do this that you fall into temptations, you fall into doubts, uh, the enemy will start messing with you. You begin to question God's passion for a compassion for you and his wisdom, and you begin to... Uh, you know, basically gravitate towards things that are unhealthy, ungodly, and the list can go on and on and on. Remaining connected to the body, to your mentor, to your discipler, uh, to those that you are leading, shepherding, discipling, to a prayer group becomes even more important in times as crisis because That's when we need to solidify that connection with one another, be reminded uh, through the scripture about, you know, how to handle these situations, uh, you know, get the benefit of learning from those who are more uh, mature than us, and also be of benefit to those who are dependent on us, especially young believers. So these days, it is so simple to do this. I mean, my goodness, I mean, in the past, you can say, well, I you know, unfortunately, I'm stuck at the house. Imagine if this pandemic would have taken place when there is no internet or no technology that allows you to connect with others like Zoom or Skype or FaceTime or just even a phone call or even an email. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, it would have been difficult, no doubt, but God always makes means uh, for things. And these days, you can have a prayer meeting, you know, on, on these devices. You know, you can have a Bible study. Uh, you know, you can have a regular connection. You can text back and forth with people, pray with people, and so on and so forth. Even counsel people, you know, not necessarily in a professional manner, but at least in an unofficial way, uh, help them, uh, you know, even give them a counsel to go and, and see someone if uh, there is an issue that necessitate, uh, necessitate that. So what I'm saying is, we are to remain connected. Now, believe it or not, uh, you may not think of it this way, but if you pay close attention to the Scripture, uh, for instance, you'll see that the apostles, like John, for instance, or Peter, wrote to churches that were far away from them, and uh, that was one of the means to stay connected. Just read the second, uh, second John, and third John, and you'll see that the purpose of it to fight you know, basically false teachers. The Apostle John received information that there are false teachers in the church, and he still took the time by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to write a letter to them, advising them, in that regard, even his first letter that I just quoted from, in uh, you know, First John, deals with how we are to love one another. I mean, I can assure you that when he wrote that letter, he wasn't among them. That's why it's an epistle. He sent it to them, meaning he was far away from them. Uh, and in those days, of course, he is far away, even if it was a couple of hours drive, because there were no cars in those days. So definitely you need to stay connected. Listen to what the Apostle Paul told the church in Rome. This is what he said. He says in Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 8 to 11, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. Did you notice what he says? He's saying that your reputation, uh, reputation about your faith in Christ is spreading everywhere. Wow, how did it spread? Uh, Through Google? Through email? Of course not. People are traveling and people are spreading the news about this church. And even the Apostle Paul got a wind of it and he is praising God for that. So remaining connected is important. And on top of this, look what he says. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers. Notice We're far away, he's saying, but I mention you in my prayers. That's another way to remain connected by remembering those who are far away from you. And then he proceeded to say, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at least succeed in coming to you. Oh, so he wasn't there. He's planning, by God's grace, to come and visit them, but he took the time to write a letter to them, of course, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, The book of Romans is one of the most important epistles in the whole of the New Testament, and in the Bible, uh, I would argue, as well. Then he said in verse 11, again, it's uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 11 here, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. And he proceeded really to strengthen them in the letter itself anyway. So what I'm trying to say is there are means for us today, more so than ever before, to remain connected and to reach out to people, to encourage them, to remind them of the Word of God, to strengthen them, and the list can go on and on and on. I have a number of amazing prayer groups that are reached out to them by text messaging. Please pray for this. Or I leave them a voice message, they leave me back a voice message with prayer. Or at least we stay connected, following up with me. I follow up with them. I have my own Bible study group that I encourage. And uh, I, uh, you know, share things with them. And I encourage them to also share other things with us back, you know, so that we're all encouraged by it. No matter how little uh, that might be, Uh, sometimes even the little thing that we share can be a huge thing for someone who needed to hear such an encouragement or such a story or such a verse and so on and so forth. So never underestimate the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Christ and the body of Christ. We need one another to strengthen one another. I mean, uh, have you asked yourself when? I mean, is it really true that maybe uh, you haven't seen your fingers in in the last maybe two months I mean, can you imagine something? Say, oh, I've never seen my fingers in the last two months. I mean, even these days, I mean, it will be impossible to think that you haven't seen yourself on a mirror in the last week or so, you know? So you can use your phone these days to see yourself, you know? So what I'm saying is, as a body, we do not separate, you know, an arm from a leg and we say, well, I'll see you later, my arm, you know? No, we, it's a body, it's connected, and we have to make sure that we pay attention to each other. It is when we ignore signs in a finger maybe or an arm or an elbow and we don't do anything about it that things get worse medically speaking, right? If there is a pain, then you discover later that I should have paid attention to it early on. It's the same when it comes to the body of Christ. You have to pay attention to one another early on. There are signs sometimes people are depressed, are upset. I mean, they're going through a downturn, you know, right now. And uh, they're, they're basically, um, you know, s- uh, swirling down. And if you don't r- reach out to them early on, you may not detect what's going on. And sometimes you still miss it, by the way. So um, I understand, you know, talking to someone by phone is not like talking to someone face to face. This is why I take advantage of things like Zoom like Skype, like FaceTime, because you may see something. You may see sadness in the face. You may, you know, depict something that, uh, you know, uh, will prompt you to ask questions. You know, the Holy Spirit will definitely prompt you and help you, you know, and guide you. So take full advantage of these things, you know. Um, And the reason why this is also important, because no one benefits from an isolated member you know, basically of the church or a divided, uh, you know, body other than Satan himself, the evil one who is the enemy of the gospel, who will do whatever it takes to try to discourage people, will do whatever it takes to uh, to try to discourage people so that they do not get the benefit and the advantage of being connected. With that says, I'm going to go to my last point for today's show, at least, and that's be the church. Be the church, you know, and to be the church, meaning that you have to remember that, you know, we are one body. In the midst of fear and uncertainty, Christians really have a tremendous opportunity to be the salt and to be the light to the world. It is these days, folks, When we're talking about this pandemic, it is these days that I assure you people are probably going to be more open to hear about Christ or hope or be willing to allow you to pray for them and so on and so forth. Take full advantage of this. It is these days that being calm in the midst of the storm can be powerful. It is these days that you show the power of God, the supernatural power of God in your life, almost like walking on water, you know? I mean, Jesus did these miracles to teach us things and lessons from them. But most importantly, he wanted us to learn to be calm, to have faith, to trust. People today will be watching you and paying more attention to you than ever before. Why? Because they are going through a crisis and they're looking for ways to help them. And I really pity those who do not know Christ. I don't know how they can do it. I don't know how those who do not have a belief in God or even have a Bible can really survive uh, by hearing words of wisdom, words of life, powerful words from God himself by reading the word. I do not really know how they can do it. I mean, I remember and reflect back on my days, you know, And even though I thought I was believing in God, I still didn't get the answers that I was hoping for. But today, I can tell you, I worship a God that hears, listens, responds, and is always with me. You can see it. You can feel it. You can sense it. You know, maybe I don't get the answers that I'm hoping for, but he will never abandon you. He will make it clear to you that he is paying close attention to you. I just, it's me that I have to pay attention to him. You know, it's not him. He's always with me. And I will be with you, he says. You know, I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. It is me who leaves him. It is me who forsakes him. It is me who walks away and wanders off, you know, and uh, tries to not to stick, you know, to following him. So I can't blame him. I need to blame myself. And even when I do this, when I rebel, he's still going to... Help me return back. That's why we have the Holy Spirit in us, not outside of us. You can't say, well, I left the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, at the other town the other day. And No, he is in you. That's the beauty about this. We are the temple of God where the Holy Spirit dwells. He will keep reminding you that you're wandering off. He will keep telling you that you're grieving him by your actions. So this is the beauty about the internal compass that we have in us. And we need to really take full advantage of those things and uh, uh, be able, you know, basically to benefit, you know, from the, um, you know, the power of the word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, the word of wisdom given to us in the scripture. Imagine, basically, what the next few months could look like if the church took the lead on giving took the lead on compassion, took the, took the lead on community care, and uh, took the lead on reaching the lost, took the lead on providing for those who are needy uh, just by way of being there for them, praying for them, and even giving, yes, material giving, you know, financial giving, support if you are able to do so. Imagine what would happen if the church wanted to, uh, you know, and uh, strived to be at the front line. Sadly, we succumb to the pressure sometimes. Sadly, we get intimidated. Instead of taking full advantage of things, we end up also hiding, you know, at the time of crisis because of fear, intimidation, concern. And we slowly and gradually look no different than the world itself and the way it's behaving. You see why it is important that our christ Like attitude shines through these circumstances. The greatest testimony of Christ's love is Christians who love the world. Let me repeat it. The greatest testimony of Christ's love are, I should say, Christians who love the world the way Christ loved the world. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's the ultimate love but the world needs to know about this love. 1 John 4.19 teaches that we love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. What an amazing dichotomy here. What an amazing, you know, uh, you know, formula. You know, if, if the one you're seeing who has Christ in him, who has the Holy Spirit in him, you have no desire to love him. How will you love the one that you do not see who is in him already? You see, your action towards your brother is an action towards God. Jesus said this to, to Paul, by the way, in the way to Damascus. You know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I mean, when did Saul persecute Christ? But Jesus is saying, you persecute the body, of Christ, you persecute Christ. You persecute the Christians, you persecute Christ. You hate Christians. You don't like Christians. You hate Christ. You don't like Christ. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. And I know it's a powerful reminder for us to pay attention to these kind of things. Don't tell me I don't like this guy. You know, I don't remember Jesus saying something like this. You know, you have to always strive to love people. Now, if you cannot get along with them, you know what? You can pray for them. Right? I mean, I mean, is there anything wrong with that? I mean, it, they're not going to see you. You're not going to fight with them to pray for them. You know, but at least keep them, you know, in check in terms of positive things, positive things towards them. Then it says in verse 21, And this commandments we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. You see, like I told you, it goes hand in hand. You love God. You love, you know, his brother. You love God. You love God. You basically you love your brother. In John 13:35, the Lord said the same thing. A new commandment he says, I give to you, in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. With that says, I'm going to close here and we'll come back next time and we'll continue from here. Thank you so much, of course, for joining us. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel, CIRA International, and go to our website, CIRAInternational.com. Until we meet again, have a blessed day.